I V M. Hey everyone, welcome to Shunya One, episode one one five. We are back here again with our third episode since we've restarted. Uh, I'm really loving that we're doing this again, in spite of the fact that we're having to do this on Zoom over like a video call and an audio call, full of all the technical challenges that you know uh, everything that could go wrong that we've seen in this past year on a Zoom call. I think has probably gone wrong with us, <laughs> especially on <laughs> on a bunch of episodes like these. Uh, the last few days, it, it really does make you appreciate the audio engineers in studio, where all you had to go is just sit down on a chair on a chair and just start talking. Exactly. <laughs> As opposed exactly. to now, we're like, "Hey, what input are you using? Is that output correct? Is your sound too roomy? Where is the echo coming from? Where is that feedback coming from? Can somebody kind of, you know, all that stuff goes away." The, the only thing we're not saying is, "Can you see my screen?" <laughs> Which is pretty much what I hear on every other Zoom call, but. Interestingly, the, our guest today is someone who actually probably does this with a lot of their uh, customers and students. So, welcome to the show, Siddharth. How are you doing? Thank you. Um, I'm going, doing good, Shiladitya. Thank you guys for having me. And, uh, you know, when you were talking about it, I thought it has been a year since pandemic and there must have been like a billion podcasts since then. And no one figured out a product just to record podcasts. So I think there's a very big score <laughs> out there just to build a product for that. Well, uh, so I mean, if you want, uh, if you want a serious answer to that, there actually are a number of products. But the thing is, it's a really hard problem because you. Um, so one, so like you know, we've been looking into what possibilities exist, and I, this might not be interest to many people. But uh, do you build a desktop app? Then do you build a desktop app for Mac and Windows? How do you deal with? Uh, how do you deal with mobile in? In that situation, do you build add-ons to tools like Zoom or Meet or uh, Teams uh, and like kind of try and do something like that? Uh, do you do something inside the browser? All of these things are being attempted right now. And the truth is that there isn't one single thing that this just works. It's like putting together and clutching together a bunch of different solutions. So yeah, I mean, like it is frustrating and it is challenging, but hey, we've recorded uh, we've recorded a lot of episodes, so we're kind of making it work. Hopefully we've got a great sound team, so they really do kind of make sure that we get yeah, this stuff done. Seriously, seriously, kudos to them. Seriously. But back, but back to you, Siddharth. I mean, obviously you're the founder of Newton School. Tell us all about it. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what inspired you to sort of jump on board uh, this product and what your journey has been like. I mean, uh, over to you. Sure. So to put it in very simple words, Newton School is an online computer science learning platform that enables people to become amazing software developers. As simple as that. You know, I talk a lot more about this. Obviously, this podcast is all about it. But I think to trace, uh, you know, how Newton School came to be, I, I'll go a little bit uh, back in my journey. Actually, a lot back when I was in my school days. So in my school days, uh, I was like in my third or fourth standard. Fortunately, I got access to a computer and started programming. And that's when my programming journey began. By my in third standard, or fourth standard, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. You are actually the kid who is now in those ads. And we know yeah. which ads I'm talking about. But we, okay, sorry to interrupt you there, but go for it. 
Absolutely. So yeah, uh, by my 10th standard, I was actually, you know, running tech blogs, used to have my own website, was doing graphic design stuff, had a, my, my own development studio and had millions of visitors on those like every year. And was making a decent work, paid for my education and my love for gadgets. So I did a lot of stuff. And that's when I, you know, realized my passion for tech and the power of uh, that internet has. I went on to pursue computer science at IIT Roorkee and since then it has been one hell of a ride. I have, uh, you know, I have worked as a software developer within Mobi for a year, uh, but since then I have been doing my own startups. Uh, my first startup was called FlixUp. It started in 2015. It was an entertainment social network. It failed badly and, you know, I gave 1.5 years complete to it. Uh, what really happened with that was that, you know, I actually grew a lot. And one thing that I really realized during building that thing was that startups are for me. You know, I am the right person to build a startup and I'm really passionate about it. So the journey, you know, ended with that happy note. And I decided to take a break and travel all over India to understand what was actually happening on the ground. Because one of my learnings from the previous startup was that, you know, I did not have really a good insight on my user user base. And so I decided to travel for one year. But, you know, I had like I was penniless at that time, had a lot of loans. So I decided to freelance as well uh, as a remote software developer for U.S. based companies. So I worked with six companies over in a year span. And, uh, and at the end of year, you know, me and my co-founder Nishant. So Nishant is a very good friend of mine from college days. We used to discuss a lot about startups, entrepreneurship at, at that time. And we both were in constant talks. He was, you know, a very early team member at an academy, very passionate about education. So he had a very good job uh, after his MBA from IIM Calcutta. He decided to quit it and basically take up a role as an intern at an academy. So me and we both were talking and we wanted to build something for the tier two, tier three Indians. We could clearly see that there's a very big information asymmetry. And that's how Bolo came about, which was basically a precursor to Newton School. So Bolo was a video consultation app, you know, you could talk to an expert of any field. So we had multiple categories like career, fitness, we even had beauty, cooking, a lot of other categories. And you could talk to expert of any field by paying them a fees. And what we realized was that there were two categories which were doing really, really good. One was career and fitness. So people would come and we had a concept of packages. You could pay for, you know, 10 sessions at a time. And those these will be curated packages for a mission. And people would pay for career as well as fitness. But as it happens in real life, people would pay for fitness but won't show up after second class. But in career, people, we could see that, you know, students from fourth year colleges of very small towns also, they were, they were doing all the sessions. So the retention was very high and people actually, we started to see a difference. So this was basically, you know, an expert from the industry, a software developer teaching them, let's say coding one to one. And we could see that, you know, they actually started to improve. That's when we realized the power of, you know, uh, personalized mentoring that can have. And what we realized was that if given the right guidance, people can really, really become good in any field. And that's when we decided to start Newton School. So yeah, that has been the journey so far. Wow. So you're saying among, among, amidst all the edtech products now, we obviously know that this is like boomed, right? This last year, especially obviously uh, the, industry, the, the education industry overall has had to force itself to understand edtech. But this was probably before that, right? This was before, uh, you know, the pandemic. This was before, uh, you know, uh, you can, you actually had uh, all these options. So what, what do you think was starting in India? What was the unique insight that you saw? Like why software the thing? Why, what was the reason they were choosing software versus obviously fitness? I understand, but so why software and not any other education stream? 
model. So software was also an organic, you know, discovery of ours. So we had a career, you know, consultation app. You could come and talk to anyone. We had like different people yeah. from different fields. And we could see that software was becoming, software development learning was becoming one of the primary learning category there. So it all happened organically. And then we started to talk to, you know, a lot of people. I must have personally talked to more than 100 students. And what I realized was that, you know, the software sector was very aspirational. People wanted to go there because it offers you really good packages and it has it really gives you a good lifestyle. Plus what I realized was that it is seen as a kind of a creative work by people. So, you know, if you ask programmers, they'll say that they don't program, they, they do art. So that's what I realized. So it was a very aspirational category. And even in the terms of market, it made a lot of sense. On the one side, there are like lacks of jobs. There are from our times, you know, when we had very few MNCs in India to now today, there are like thousands of MNCs having their, you know, tech centers in India. So there are, there are like tens of, you know, hundreds of More thousands jobs. of jobs. On the other side, there are like lacks of students who want to become good, but because of the education system, they had, you know, the colleges, which do not have the right kind of curriculum to actually land them in industry. There was a very massive gap. And we, you know, we really believe that we could build this gap up. So that's why we started Newton School. Your focus is primarily on uh, education for people who want to become software engineers. You're not looking at other areas beyond that. Absolutely. Super focused on that. And and the reason, I mean, obviously, like you said, of the market clearly showed you that there is demand and obviously supply for this. Yeah. But uh, what is the entry barrier for, let's say, uh, you know, people to do this today? And I'm, I'm, it's a very random. Since you mentioned right early on, there were only those few MNCs. Uh, obviously, you know, very few options. Not very few, but you know, more international options versus the tech startups of today who are also hiring by the by the loads. So software education in the country is not new, especially post-graduation software education. Like I remember we've had GNIIT way back when I was a kid. Okay, so that was the original. Is that the original sort of, is, are you the 2020 version of that? Or uh, what are you, what is the unique addition that you're, uh, you know, able to add today in today's time? Okay. Uh, So one thing in general that we realized was that, you know, uh, the colleges, which were supposed to do the task, you know, uh, you know, of teaching them really well, they, they were not doing well, you know, they, they were like really floundering on that. And the reason for what that was simply was that they were focused totally on admissions part. They were focused on marketing for admissions, collecting the fees and, you know, putting the student out there. That's every college. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they are run by mostly businessmen and politicians. So we know all that (laughs) stuff. So what we realized over there was that, you know, uh, basically that if we focus completely on output, you know, and if we make it so that, you know, people are actually starting to have great outcomes over there, then we could actually create a brand that could really create difference in the market. And what we realized over there was that, you know, a lot of people have already spent a lot of money in colleges that, And their parents were not willing to pay a lot of money more than that, you know, Mm. for if you go to tier two, tier three Indians, for them, 20,000 rupees is a very big decision to make. And if you ask me the learning, you know, the kind of quality that you can give in 20,000 is going to be low. So when we were going to start Newton School, so what we were clear was that, you know, we want to go full stack. That is, we want to make sure that we are giving a very long path for someone to become amazing software developer. And that was going to cost a lot for us because of the mentorship, the, you know, instructor thing that we thought out. So we had to, you know, come up with a business model that was, you know, making good money for us and was not heavy on the students. Fortunately, at that time in USA, 
income sharing agreements were becoming very popular so an income sharing agreement is a simple uh, you know financial model in which they say that you know when you join the institute you don't have to pay anything you don't have to pay any money upfront only when you start earning you know and that to above a particular threshold you start paying and this was pioneered by lambda school in us so and when we saw that model you know a file lit on our head we thought that this is a this is the appropriate model for india which is actually doing multiple things at the same time one is it is not creating a financial burden secondly indians are inherently very less trusting so it creates a certain sense of trust also right. and for as an institute for us it is completely making us focus towards output because you know if you if you are not getting them into the industry if you are not able to make them good developers we are not going to make money so that has kept us super focused uh, from on the output part as well as allowed us to have zero marketing costs on the input side so from day one we have been receiving thousands of applications and uh, you know then base so we have been receiving thousands of applications over there and without any kind of marketing effort because for a student the trust level is much higher now they don't have to pay anything so you know interesting question that comes from what you just mentioned how how competitive is your selection process right because i mean like you know the idea of being able to get the training required to go and work at a software company i'm guessing that's something that a lot of people want to do right but at the same time you've got to have some sort of selection criteria which filters out you know people you have resources and you're going to deploy resources in certain this right so how do, how does that work how how competitive is it what's your like admission rate if you can uh, talk about that maybe i don't know sure 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 absolutely i think uh, so what we do in our admission process is you know we could have basically one was to you know filter for those students who already know good stuff but what we really wanted was people who were very sincere about this very highly motivated about it you know want to become really good developers and our course is also very rigorous it spans 6 months so we decided to keep an admission process in which we are actually checking for the motivational level and learnability so what we do is we you know have an admission process in, in which in the first step we are te- testing for their aptitude and very basic coding skills whether they can write if you know statement or not and for even for that we provide free courses in hindi and english if they want to learn that up then over the next 2 weeks we actually start their course we don't get any agreement signed anything we start their course we select you know a bunch of them like let's say we want to start a batch of 2 250 then we select 500 people and you know what will happen is we'll put them through a 2 weeks rigorous coursework in which we daily live classes will happen mentor sessions will start you know contests are there everything is there and in these 2 weeks we test how sincere are they and secondly how well are they able to pick up on the basics we are teaching then we finally make the selection so select those selections are basically you know completely uh, based on sincerity and the learnability of a candidate interesting and the fact that uh, it's like a try before you buy of sorts but even then when you buy it's not that you, <laughs> they're really paying they're just getting into the course and then obviously at the end of this do you guarantee the placement of sorts also like do you take up that responsibility because it's linked to your uh, pay payday in that sense yeah so you know if i were to divide the model you know uh, the whole thing if i were to put it in simple words there are three parts one is the admissions process that involves you know inviting applications fortunately for us we don't have to put in much efforts we have also done a lot of content initiatives around that we run you know one of the most popular coding contests online in india so we receive thousands of application for every cohort second part is the learning process which actually happens in form of cohorts so we start you know new cohorts every 2 months and we have been scaling up there rapidly 
and then the whole learning process which you know if i were to go into depth i could talk about it for like hours over there but we have built a very strong scalable product over there which enables us to do you know quality learning at scale then third is the placement process so one thing that we need to understand is a lot of these students of ours especially those who are coming from tier 2 and tier 3 uh, most of them if they apply directly you know or if they do not have a good resume they will get filtered out so what we do is you know and it's very hard if you see that whole interviewing process if someone is applying they'll have to apply to hundreds of companies and that takes up a lot of time so we decided to build a whole you know virtual campus at the end of this and we invite companies to come and you know interview these students and that's how the placement also happen uh, even in that part fortunately we are seeing a lot of companies coming to us inbound so there's a and this is a plug that i'll make in the podcast there's a hire from us page uh, at newton school which anyone can fill a form and they can you know be part of the placement process and what you will be surprised is even people from mncs uh, i'm not sure if i can take names but i'm we are seeing people from mncs reaching out to us the, via that form and starting to hire newton school students uh, so if i could then ask right so i mean like this might be again somewhat sensitive but i like asking questions like that right but let's say somebody graduates from your school right they they've been through your six month cohort and stuff like that your uh, your sharing agreement that you have your revenue share agreement or income sharing agreement that you have does that typically kick off like or like i mean like i'm guessing there's a threshold of income they need to be above but so does the threshold is it generally first job threshold or is it like post promotion threshold or two years into the uh, life of uh, two years post graduation threshold like generally where does your uh, potential income start in that case absolutely so you know we, the agreement states that within course completion if it does not if a guy does not reach an income of you know at least 6 lakhs or now post covid we have made it 5 lakh within one year of course completion date then the agreement becomes void then they don't have to pay oh. we believe that you know one year is the limit because beyond that that means we haven't had enough value if they couldn't get a job within one year so right. that's our point interesting and they get a job and they recover the you recover your money also within that one year is it or do you keep like so take- the money so basically the fee is you know around 2.5 lakhs and we collect it over a period of 2 to 3 years varying on the income okay. so that's how it is Okay. And the fee and starts fair. only when they start actually earning. When they fo- get their first paycheck, only then we actually start, you know, charging them fees. Okay. Nice, and that's that sounds fair, and I think that's what the international sort of models you mentioned, Lambda, and everyone is doing. I mean, obviously, I think there's a lot of scope to go deep on either of these three. parts of your product or parts of your uh, you know the whole thing that you've built is which one do you think is your most unique like uh, component because it's all three of these i mean there are probably different startups doing only one of these three yeah uh, today in the market so which which one is the most unique thing that you see this scaling with absolutely i think you know uh, and this is a belief that we have had from day one that if you make a good developer you know if someone is a good developer there is no way they will not go into into the industry so if i were to talk about the third part you know uh, it's not that i'm doing any kind of magic there you know it's uh, a lot of it is now inbound itself so i don't have to reach out to companies and say come please come hire from us you know mm-hmm. the first part if i am having the third part you know if i am having a lot of you success story the first part becomes very easy the second part is where i believe you know we are super focused on where we have done a lot of work and where still a lot of work needs to be done but the learning part you know how do you make sure that you know anyone who's coming through the course is actually becoming you know a good developer and it's not just about 
teaching them you know it's a lot about psychology it's about understanding their motivations and aligning their motivations lot of stuff so we are doing a lot of innovation on the learning part and we believe the learning part is the core of our thing if we have it good rest two parts automatically sorted out right and these are all like the experts on your platform are all like teachers and everyone who mentors who work exclusively with you to uh, guide uh, each student is there is it like a one to many one to one are there different levels i mean again i'm asking because edtech is not is is now understood right i mean people know like this whole year uh, even the actual schools have had to move to zoom calls like this right so people know that you will be taught through a screen uh, people know that there's no other option and you will have to get your learning through a screen like this talking to mentors there'll be all sorts of chaos when uh, you know it's one teacher with 100 students and what not so there are like we've seen all the variables so which one uh, are you following or which combo of all of these are you following and uh, why do you think it's successful yeah uh, i'll talk about the whole learning process in detail you know what a student goes through when they uh, you know become part of newton school uh, but before that you know i believe that education at tech is in day one right now there's a lot of innovation to be done and i think we are at an inflection point in the sense that for the first time probably you know uh, education online is going to become or is in a lot of people have done it's in such a way that it's already better than an offline version of things and there's a lot of work to be done you know you could build very strong communities beautiful communities around it and you know uh, gamification is uh, you know have a role big role to play over here then uh, we haven't even talked about ai you know ai is going to play a massive role here but yeah you know keeping all of that aside there's a lot of work for to be done by every company coming to a student's journey so when they enroll into newton school you know uh, so we put them through a kind of a rigorous schedule so do you have classes, like a entry like age or anything like or can i sign up any time or does okay, it have to so, be post college or something Yeah so majorly we focus on post college those who are in final year or those who have graduated or are working professionals but we have seen people without degree even without degree coming in and actually getting into the industry so we keep on experimenting and you know taking people from different uh, streams and a lot of stuff there yeah. so yeah but if someone is in second year of college if they if they cannot join a job within one year of course completion exactly. that is someone we absolutely avoid other than that we keep on you know having people from different streams right. so yeah once let's say uh, you know a student gets in so they'll you know they'll have to follow a regular schedule what happens is we have uh, you know we believe in a very engaging live kind of learning model so we have live classes daily from monday to friday and from 9 pm to 11 pm so these are two hours classes and they are not like simply lecture someone will come and you know just vomit things out it's basically about you know engaging it's all about fun so the instructor will be giving assignments within the class they'll have to go on the portal and do it Uh, they are, they can see the results immediately the instructor will see there will be quizzes a lot of stuff doubts can be resolved there itself so it's a 2 hours class you know it is a 1 is to 100 ratio where students wow. can ask doubts on chat yes. and all and then what happens is after the class there's a mentor session so what we like i mentioned we came from bolo the days of bolo so we what we understood was the power of personalized mentorship and that is something that we have kept at the core of newton school as well so what happens is when a student joins newton school they are assigned a personal mentor and a mentor won't have any time more than 10 students at any time they won't have more than 10 students and now every student will go through after the classes 11 pm they'll go through mentor sessions now mentor sessions happen in two ways one is mm-hmm. they'll be 
group sessions in which all the 10 students are sitting. The mentor is also there. Everyone has their video camera on. All of this is happening within the portal. So, uh, so what happens now over here is the student, you know, there will be a lot of group activities and the mentors will also take up some doubts, may explain some topic, may do some kind of fun activity. A lot of bucker also happens in those sessions. And we have seen, you know, people forming real deep friendship. So we had this, uh, you know, these three guys. They actually, you know, after the class, uh, they sat down like from 12 to 4, they had their video calls on. They would be like, you know, doing a lot of bugger and coding at the same time. So a lot of deep friendship also form in that way. So the mentor sessions uh, happen in group form format as well as every student will have one-to-one -one mentor session with their mentors every week. Both the mentors and instructors are people working as software developers, you know, in some of the top companies. And we vet a lot. So there's a rigorous selection process. There's a very uh, rigorous student feedback process involved as well over there. So, uh, you know, that way what happens is they, those who have worked actually in that industry, those who understand what is needed to become an industry ready developer, they are imparting them, you know, the right kind of guidance. So this is how things shape up on the weekdays. Students are given daily assignments. So they'll have to, you know, and uh, they'll have to do coding assignment. They'll have to constantly build things. So not a day will go when they are not actually coding stuff. On weekends, they will have hackathons. They'll have contests. They'll have, you know, soft skill sessions, any extra nice. mentor session they want to do. So all of those stuff will be there. So this is how things happen. By the, yeah. So it's a lot more than just the core course. You're sort of making it, uh, very personal but again one is to 100 is the class then you said one is to 10 is the sort of mentorship which is which is part of everyone's package right i mean so to speak you need that so that you can create high quality uh students who uh you know uh, graduate so uh, it's, it's really interesting right employability for them becomes the crux of it right in that sense rather than as you were saying earlier just like you know a factory of graduates absolutely yeah. So that means, that means this is something, how, how do you scale this? I mean, and I, and I, uh, this is a question I have genuinely of, uh, ed tech in gen, uh, of all ed tech, right? Because I realized that the initial promise, the way I understood it was that education that's happening in classrooms, the really good ones, the, where you get a great teacher, if other people could access that, awesome, right? That's what tech did initially. But yeah. now it's become, you don't need the classroom anymore. All the teachers who used to be in classrooms are all teaching on screens now. So is, and that's how it's scaling. It's just, you've replaced the classroom atmosphere with a Zoom call atmosphere is, and is that how you plan to scale? Like, how do you make sure that you will have enough students and enough mentors and like the, the ratio doesn't get crazy and quality yeah. doesn't go down? Absolutely. Um, two things. One is like, you know, I don't see it as a transition to Zoom for Newton School. We have been online before COVID as well, you know. Uh, the biggest difference that we have made is, you know, we actually have built out a con complete pedagogy as well as the people involved in the pedagogy part are the people who are from the industry. So it's like entirely geared towards very practical things, you know, to make someone really ready for the industry. So one is the differences if you see the instructors, the mentors, everyone is from the industry. They are, you know, sparing one or two hours every day of their time to help these students out. So in a sense, this is like, you know, scale, it is scalable from inherently because, you know, let's say if I have to handle 10,000 students and that's a plan to, you know, go by the end of the year. So for that, I need 10, uh, sorry, thousands of developers. And it's entirely possible to get thousands of developers from like, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure more than two, three million software developers in India. 
The second thing is, you know, one of the most beautiful part about this is uh, we are training people to be software developers. Then we have those software developers, you know, uh-huh. and we are having software developers. So you have you know, alumni. Yeah. So we have a very strong cool off period. We don't encourage alumni to apply to Newton School. They cannot apply for jobs at Newton School. So we have a very strong cool off period. But after a point, let's say six months, one year, they can, you know, start coming uh, alumni, uh, sorry, instructors and mentors again over here. So it's a self-serving nice. cycle in that sense. Nice. Nice. And you're actually seeing, uh, I mean, I also want to talk about a little bit about how really deep you're going into the second tier or third tier of India. Are you really seeing like interest all the way from there as your primary audience? Or, uh, yeah, is okay? Yeah. So I think our primary audience uh, is very much tier two, tier three Indians, you know, Uh, especially those who are like from those colleges, they are our target. And in fact, we don't even encourage IITs to apply. We don't promote things over there because they already have the resources. And in fact, the whole system is geared. So an IIT may, may or may not be interested in a job of 5 lakh you know, or 6 lakh. But a tier 2 or tier 3 for them, it's like really high paying job. So by default, there's a big filter there. We are heavily focused on tier 2, tier 3. Everything that we have designed is for them. So one thing that we uh, we realized early on was that IIT as IITians, one thing that we had ample and I think more than what we actually had was confidence. So every IITian is like <laughs> overconfident. And that yeah. leads to their success in a way. Whereas if you talk to a tier 2, tier 3 student, they lack confidence a lot. First, they, ha- they are full of self-doubt. And most of the time, they give up because they are not sure whether you know the path they are on will lead Very them right. to it or not. They don't have mentorship. IITians have like ample mentorship if they want to reach out to someone. So we, you know, thought about all of these things and we cleared the pedagogy so that, you know, when I'll take a small example, you know, when a student comes in, we, instead of giving them complex problems, we give them very small, small, very easy problems. And once they start doing it, when they do like 50 such problems, they, you know, become really good, uh, had a good hand in programming as well as the confidence levels are now sky high because you have achieved something for the first time in your life. So that really makes a difference there. Coming back to the original tier 2, tier 3 question, most of the, I would say more than 90% of our students are from those kind of backgrounds or at least those colleges. And because of the whole financial model, we have seen people from very, you know, uh, unfortunate kind of background, you can say, or people, you know, who deserve better in life. They have been able to, you know, become part of Newton School and get into some of the top companies. So there's this example of a student called Rohit. Mm-hmm. So he was a son of an auto rickshaw driver. He hailed from Jharkhand. COVID happened. His family lost his entire livelihood. And like happened. And it's a very common case in tier 2, tier 3. Lots of loans, you know. And after Newton School, he could afford Newton School because there was no fees. He went into one of the topmost tech startups, is earning really good, taking care of his entire family. And there are like tens of examples like Rohit, who couldn't have, you know, afforded to pay like even 10,000 rupees fee to us. And they have been able to, you know, get access to really good quality education and make a great career for them and for their families. So that's the case with us. You know, Siddharth, I keep coming back to like your, you know, your overall model, right? And uh, it's such an interesting one to me. Uh, I have a question, right? I mean, like uh, Indian legal, uh, Indian labor laws and stuff like that, they're they're notoriously problematic, right? Are there any challenges you have to deal with over there? Because in some way, you're not really, but you are in some way garnishing wages. Not exactly. That's a bad word to use here in this context, right? But you are basically linking your payment to people's future earnings. And I know that there are a bunch of complexities around how that stuff operates in Indian law. So how have you guys approached that kind of thing? 
Okay. So fortunately, for now, Indian government has kept out of startups in a tech for most part. And that's uh, really fortunate. Hmm. But coming back to the original thing, you know, uh, so instead of saying that we'll have 15% of your salary, we decide the fee. So the hmm. fee is decided once they get a job, you know, and it doesn't change even if they like, let's say, switch jobs to higher paying jobs. It's not exactly linked to their fees. So it's an okay. indicative of, uh, you know, the fees indicated of okay. it and it's capped. So most of the time people would be paying in the same range. Okay. So th- that is why we don't have to face that kind of issues. Okay. And legal issues have not been an issue at, at this no. point in time. You've not had to look at like labor issues and stuff like that. No. And ultimately it's all about trust. You know, people don't want to pay you for simple reason. One is either they don't have the means or they feel that you haven't, you know, put in, the, they, they don't owe you anything. For us, you know, we have been putting in a six months effort. They finally get into the industry. Then they start paying us. So we haven't had any kind of issues right. over there. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, at some point, I would think that, you know, given that we've spoken a lot about fintech in the past, I'm sure there'll be some model where you someone will give credit to pay your Newton school fee. <laughs> credit as a teacher. <laughs> Every company at the end of the day becomes a fintech company. Exactly. Exactly. So in a way, Siddharth will be like, listen, I am loaning you the money to pay my own fee <laughs> and, then, and then get a job. But no, no, I think that that's, uh, you never know, uh, moonshot idea maybe. But coming back to, I mean, I'm very interested. The story of Rohit you just said, right? That's, it's amazing that this is possible and you're solving that huge problem, especially at a time like this, when people need, uh, you know, a means. But What's the biggest, what's the biggest sort of change that you've seen from, uh, you know, the accessibility standpoint? Like, did those students, again, I'm harking back to the fact that I said, you know, there were always software classes. Yeah. There were, uh, there was, I, like, during my time, it was .NET and Java. Uh, you're probably uh, teaching a whole bunch of newer concepts uh, and newer platforms, right? Uh, given today's uh, tech. What, yeah. where is the... Is there an accessibility challenge even today is what you're saying for those classes, which I'm, and I'm talking about the last 15 years, there have been courses and classes and whatnot. Like, how are you jumping? uh, How are you seeing that being such, was it always so poor, that infrastructure? So two things. One is like, you know, a majority of it had been offline, you know, and when it comes to offline, they were in limited cities or if they were in tier two towns, they were not good quality. You know? So someone had to, you know, travel to, let's say, Bangalore to avail those classes. And that in itself is a privilege, you know, traveling alone, paying that amount to recite their traveling fees, everything is a certain level of privilege, you know, which not everyone could afford. Right. People are not simply willing to send their girls even today, you know, alone in the cities just to learn things. Up. So one was that. Second was Geo opened up, you know, internet to everyone. So that has made access today possible, which was not possible at a, entirely before five years. Especially live classes, you couldn't have imagined. You know, we are facing issues with Zoom even now today. So, so even despite everything, despite there being a good infra, uh, there are still people who you know face challenges. So we had this girl called Yesha. She had to go on her rooftop to you know take live classes in the nighttime, and she would give interviews from up there. We have had people, you know who would go to better places like city to give interviews. So there are still challenges. And I believe, you know, if government can do one thing or if, you know, as private sector, we can do one thing is, you know, take high speed internet access as the number one priority. 
Yeah. And because if you will see that, you know, today's generation, I feel is a lot different. You know, they are, they are much more aware than us in every sense. They are much more aware than us in political, you know, sense in, you know, understanding about their future. They are very much conscious about it. And one reason for that has been internet and access to internet, you know, completely changed life. And while it's good, what I'll say is it's good because uh, even in very tier three cities, we are seeing a lot of our students taking internet access, but still work needs to be done there. Interesting. What what is the what is the f- uh, future? I mean, what is the next stage that you want to go to? Is it just scaling this? Is it uh, going back to other courses like fitness or whatnot? Like, what is your let's say you know uh, vision? Given that you personally uh, have also an interesting story, you've obviously been in the software space, so I'm sure you're passionate about that. But what is the what's the next step for okay. you? Here? So I think you know, uh, and this is something we have to get you know, finalized because things keep on changing in startup world. But there are a lot of ways in which we could, could go about. One is we could, you know, start scaling, uh, you know, horizontally. We can start, you know, adding more verticals over here. We could do basically, you know, we can go to analytics, data analytics. We can start adding more courses on Android, maybe iOS and things like that. So we can become start becoming more specialized. There's a very big segment of corporate training. That also is something that we can explore. So there are a bunch of ideas. But what we also real need to realize is that there's a certain importance in being super focused on one thing. And uh, so it has been an year, but we have been focused on scaling one thing that is, you know, teaching full stack development. And uh, for us, that is also good in a sense that there are lacks of jobs of just, you know, software developers. So we can focus on that for now. That's a very big market in itself. So for, at the moment, we believe it's very important to be focused and make sure that, you know, we are building a very scalable product to make sure that learning, you know, uh, is much more better than what has been the case. So there are a lot of components that we are figuring out. And once we are done with that, it will be very easy for us to, you know, go into any field. To just give you an example, you know, virtual community is one thing that we are, uh, you know, focusing a lot on, you know, how to build communities online. And in a sense, if you see that, you know, a lot of people, if you ask them, they'll say that, you know, colleges are all about communities, people meeting each other. But I'll ask, I ask people, you know, even in colleges, are people spending more time with each other offline or is it like talking to each other on Instagram or WhatsApp? Yeah. So it's a matter of, you know, someone building that out. So a lot of stuff, you know, like I said before, how to make education online even better than offline. And that is the challenge before us right now. Yeah. How how do you make sure students don't fall asleep? While I think class that's an age-old problem, isn't it? That all teachers have faced. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, it has been solved also by you know the IIT coachings. If you see, they'll constantly make jokes in the classes. All the IIT coachings. So there are these small things that really help. So can you even productize that? For example, a joke popping up in middle of yes. your screen. So all of those things are there to be solved. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Where, Siddharth, I mean, just to, you know, do a shout out, what would you like to say uh, to folks who are listening to hear this? Like, are you, are you hiring to be part of your team? Do you recommend people, uh, given that we are a tech show, I'm sure there are software developers listening over here. Uh, what do you want to do a shout out? I'm to? sure there are people who want to approach them for hiring from them, right? I mean, like, yeah. finding good employable engineer freshers is, I think, a 
really, really strong, pro- really big problem for almost everybody across the board in the tech space. Yeah, and 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 where can they reach you? Also, Absolutely. if you could. So yeah, uh, you know, one is obviously every founder is always on the hunt for really good people, you know, to come and be part of the team. So we have openings across the role. Just that if you find the idea, you know, really, if you find some it, something that you can be passionate about and you are someone with ownership, approach us. We have opening across product. We have role, uh, you know, we have in tech. We have operations, business, every, you know, every segment that we can think of. We are scaling rapidly. Second, uh, you know, if you want to hire, you know, you can go to newtonschool.co. It's not .com. It's newtonschool.co. You can visit the hire from us page or you can, you know, directly approach me on LinkedIn or Twitter. So on Twitter, it's Siddharth, simply S-I-D-D-H-A-R-T-H. And you got the uh, first I, name. On, uh, yeah, yeah, he was coding in yeah. third standard. Clearly, he got his early quicker. 2007. Nice, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Sida. That was a great thing. And again, like uh, I think the fact that you're, you know, after having the story you told about your origin story of how you, uh, you know, did things uh, firsthand in the software space, I think the the mission you have is uh, really, really, uh, you know, inspiring. So thanks for that. And I'm really hoping to see you guys uh, scaling up uh, in a great way. And of course, thank you everyone for listening. This was a great show. Uh, Just a quick reminder, everybody, please go and give us ratings on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the podcast. And uh, just another thing that uh, you'll start seeing video versions of these shows starting to pop up on YouTube. So if you don't get a chance to or if you prefer to watch, then you should be able to start doing that fairly soon now. The first episode that we did with uh, Anirudh should be available on YouTube immediately. This episode will be available the week it releases. Uh, The next week's episode, which uh, is it a surprise guest or is it uh, are we telling people who are... I think or actually, no, this, sorry, that, yes. it was in the past. It yeah. was not in the future. Sorry, this is coming yes. out after that. So in the past, we had Deepak yeah. Abbott as well. So I mean, like that episode will also be available on video. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Siddharth. This was great. In spite of all the uh, initial tech snafus, I think if you if you can track education on video, uh, we should be able to do a podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for the time. This was, a, this was a great chat. Thank you, guys. It was wonderful talking to you. And thanks for listening in, uh, all the viewers. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.